Most sports books around the country have Notre Dame winning eight to nine games this season. Is that fair or foul? It's next. You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Irish and welcome to part two of my conversation with gambling expert Tim Murray. Both episodes are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, go check it out now or you can just drop into that one after you finish this episode. It does not matter to me. I'm Tyler Wojcik and I'm the host. I'm a Notre Dame alum and producer covering college football at Fox Sports. And as I said, this is part two of my conversation with Tim Murray. Tim is the host of VSIN's primetime radio show and their college football betting podcast. Plus, he's a diehard Notre Dame fan and is very tuned in to the program. In part one, Tim and I talked about the reasons to be optimistic about the Irish heading into the 2023 season, and we picked some over-unders on player props. But in this episode, we're going to focus on individual matchups and some of the early lines that are out there. Then we'll wrap it up by giving our picks for Notre Dame season win total, which is at 8.5 right now on FanDuel. I know that might seem low, but Tim explains why he thinks the odds makers made it 8.5 in what the market has indicated about the public's feelings regarding the Irish in 2023. I'll give out the same disclaimer that I gave out in part one. If betting isn't your thing, there's still plenty of season preview content about Notre Dame's biggest games in this episode that is not entirely predicated on gambling. So it's not like you have to be locked into the gambling scene for this conversation to apply to you. I promise. Okay, let's get to part two with Tim Murray. We have one more over-under that we need to discuss. I think you know which one it's going to be. I'm going to save that for the end because I want to go over some of the matchups first. You've tweeted this out. Um, we're starting to see some different lines. Notre Dame is favored by 20, 20 and a half against Navy on Fandel. We don't really need to spend a bunch, bunch of time on that. I'd rather start by talking about Notre Dame being minus six on the road against NC State. Uh, that's the latest I saw from VSIN. Some people think this is a game where the Irish could stumble. I just don't see it but maybe i'm wrong what do you think yeah so i'll just tell you what the market's done so far and uh to my knowledge south point here in las vegas is the only book that i've seen put this up you know ohio state usc clemson are at multiple books across the country uh south point uh which is a, a local shop here in town which is the ones i tweeted put out nc state catching seven so notre dame is a touchdown favorite seen a little bit of movement here uh to nc state so it's down to six um, look, it's kind of against my religion to lay points on the road. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of curiosity with NC state with Robert and I reuniting with Brendan Armstrong. We didn't get to see those two together because Brendan Armstrong was hurt, uh, when they played that prime time, just shellacking Notre Dame handed UVA a couple of years ago when Armstrong was, uh, was banged up as mentioned. Uh, and then Armstrong was terrible last year. He was just awful. Um, so <laughs> You Look, talk I about think regression. Is, <laughs> that yeah, was all I mean, time. He was, he was terrible. So he could be bouncing back here. Um, I, I think this is, you know, I, I think there are trickier slash trappier games out there than NC State. I think Notre Dame will give them their full attention. Um, I kind of like the way the schedule is situated. I think post-Ohio State, pre-USC, and pre-Clemson, I think those three games, which we'll hit on with the Duke-Louisville-Pittsburgh games, are are terrifying. Um, the, the NC State game, for some reason, I don't know. I, I could eat these words, and we could get another hurricane down there and uh, see Sam Mustafer trying to snap from the shotgun. Um, but I, I think Notre Dame should handle business down here. Um, and, you know, as long as they can kind of contain Brendan Armstrong and his, uh, you know, 
reunion with his new offensive coordinator, I think they should be good. So, um, you know, of these other games that we'll get to, I understand the line move. This one, I, I kind of get it, right? It's a home team uh, against a team that I think people are on, you know, have questions about, rightfully so. But uh, I would lean towards Notre Dame taking care of business here. I would hope so. Uh, it would really take a lot of wind out of the sail, Tyler, if Notre Dame is not undefeated uh, on September 23rd. Yeah, the, there's other games on the schedule where just the time in which Notre Dame plays these teams, it doesn't yep. really work out in their favor, and and it creates a different level of stress. You mentioned Duke. You mentioned Louisville. I just don't see that with NC State. It's going to be the first real game that they play uh, because they obviously open up against Navy in Dublin, then it's Tennessee State, <laughs> and then uh, – we If we saw that second half against Navy, man, that that's a real game. I, I know, I know. I, I maybe I just jinxed us because I skipped it. Market, over. I market skipped has over moved it. a little. Look, there's a ton of people out there which is making me feel. Look, you know, I talk to so many people, especially in the college football world, because that's kind of my, you know, quote unquote specialty. Um, but man, you know, laying points against Navy is not a fun thing to do. Um, I, I love the fact that Notre Dame's opening the season with Navy as yeah, opposed get it to kind of having way. it in the middle of the season. Um, I do have really. I'm really curious about what offense they're going to throw out there, new wrinkles as they bring in a new OC from Kennesaw State. Um, but, you know, one thing that I know has been talked about, and I think Notre Dame was just shell-shocked uh, when the second half came and Brian Newberry, the then defensive coordinator, now head coach, just threw the entire kitchen sink and said, we're just going to blitz, 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 and see what you can do. Uh, Ian Book, I remember they they got really aggressive against Ian Book and. 2019 and he shredded them i think chase claypool had like four touchdowns in that game um so hopefully that's a similar situation so we will see um you know last time they were in ireland and played notre uh, navy they won by 40 so uh i'd be happy with that situation but man i have uh i have some ptsd from that second half in baltimore i get it i, I totally get it so next up We've got Notre Dame, Ohio State. I've seen a few different lines out there. I think you mentioned that it opened at Ohio State minus six and a half. Now it's eight and a half on FanDuel. And you also pointed out there's another line that's at seven and a half. So there's different numbers out there. But as Brent Mossberger famously said, a home team getting points. What's better than that? Um, how do you feel about the Irish in this matchup? I I want, I, I'm going to be there. So I, I I'll really be there like too, this. man. To uh, to be a uh, to be a competitive game, I, I think, and I wrote it up. You know, we have a, a VEASAN college football betting guide available uh, right now, where we wrote up all 133 teams. I didn't do them all. Uh, I did the Mountain yes. West and the Independents, and uh, I did Notre Dame. And what I said was, I think Notre Dame gets one of the big boys, um, and I don't know which one it's going to be. And you know, Tyler, you went to Notre Dame. I've been to I don't know 20 games in that stadium, something like that. I uh, was at, you know, Notre Dame USC in 05. That was, you know, by far the best atmosphere I was ever a part of uh, at, a, at a Notre Dame game on that on that campus. You know, Notre Dame Michigan 12 was was pretty unique, ugly game. But uh, the juice there for USC Notre Dame was just on another level. If Notre Dame goes into that game undefeated, Ohio State will be undefeated. I think it'll rival 05. Uh, I really believe that. Uh, I think the juice there, uh, the the lack of winning, you know, the the alt uniforms. So, look, I'll, I'll give this to Marcus Freeman, man. You know, uh, I know that we got Notre Dame got a lot of pats on the back. Hey, add a boy, way to go. You know, week one. You know, kind of played that 
you know, close to the vest game. Let's just not get beat type of game plan. And, you know, they covered, but it really was not a pretty game. I think you're going to see a different approach this year. I think you're going to see a Notre Dame team confident, believing in their quarterback. Um, you know, I think they're a team that, you know, you mentioned the Jordan Botello uh, coming off the edge. Like Notre Dame was unable to do anything penetrating in, um, in, in Columbus. And they have to, they have to get after the quarterback here in this game. They've got to make them feel uncomfortable. Um, you know, it's going to be a young quarterback. CJ Stroud was not that last year. Um, you know, obviously they have elite, elite wide receivers. Their corners are going to have to play the games of their lives. You know, even if we do believe highly in Notre Dame. So, um, you know, I do think this is a spot, um, you know, uh, that Notre Dame will be live. Um, I don't know if they've got the horses to win this game, they're going to need some bounces to go their way, but you know, at some point they're going to have to, you know, pull off an upset like this against the big boy. And, and, you know, the, the Clemson game was really was, was one of the more impressive ass whoopings that I can recall, you know, probably the, the one that I enjoyed the most was, was that 2015 when they just murdered USC 2017. That was my senior year. That was the most fun I've ever had in that stadium by far. That, you know, I've told people this, like, you know, we were doing, uh, I was doing uh, a show and I'm like, no, I was, that was an incredible game. I was like, oh, I don't want these games close. I, I want, I want just whooping. So, um, you know, I think Notre Dame has it in him. I think Marcus Freeman has shown the ability to get his team up. The worry is keeping that even keel nature. Right. And I think, uh, but I, I do think Notre Dame has the chance to be live in that game. I, I really do. I agree. I think for all the reasons you just mentioned, they absolutely have to get after the quarterback because I hear about Ohio State a lot at Fox, and obviously they're high in their receivers. I think they just have faith that whoever Ryan Day has as a starting quarterback is going to do well. I have no reason to believe that Kyle McCord won't do well in college. Hell, him and Marvin Harrison Jr. were high school teammates. There's already a connection there. Their defense, they've got good linebackers, but I think there is a clear weakness on their offensive line. And it's even though Notre Dame, we're not talking about their defensive line like we have in, in some years past, but if they can get after McCord, make his life difficult in his first real game on a, on a really big stage, uh, Notre Dame's going to have a chance in that one. So I, I feel confident saying that they will cover in that one. Winning outright, I mean, they just, in my lifetime, they have not beaten Ohio State. And uh, with my Northeast Ohio roots, I, I have a lot of Ohio State fans in my life. So this would mean a lot. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. I think it's time to move on to the next one. And I said Notre Dame was a home dog earlier. That's not the only time Notre Dame is going to be a home underdog this season because right now they're getting a point and a half against USC on FanDuel. But I think you pointed out a line that the Notre Dame's getting three. So. Yeah. I, I don't really know what to think about this matchup. So what's your early lean? 
Yeah, I, I like I said, I think they beat one of them. I think the Clemson game, um, I'm pretty sure they're gonna lose. Uh just I, I think I think Clemson's could be pretty darn good this year. Um, you know, Cade Klubnick and with Garrett Riley. Um, I, I think, you know, Clemson makes a big step in the right direction. Um the USC game, Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that during finals week two? Normally Notre Dame has a bye week the week okay. before. And then they 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 do that on purpose. Um, this year, yeah, it is actually the week before the bye, and they have Louisville the week before that. So yeah, I think mid it won't be finals; it'll be midterms. But midterms, midterms. It Excuse will me. be, it'll be, it'll be a factor potentially. Yeah, I mean, look, it's gonna be a great crowd. Um, I, I hope it's as good as Ohio State. I don't think it will be. Um, I think there's just gonna be an extra juice there for the Ohio State game. Um, you know, once again, hoping that they're undefeated. I'm a bit worried about the Louisville game the week prior. Uh, could that take a little bit of the air out of the balloon if Notre Dame were to go to Louisville and lose? Uh, so we will see. But, um, you know, the one thing, look, I, I think talent-wise, Ohio State has more talent. Uh, I, I don't think that's really up for the bait. But when you have a guy like Caleb Williams who is still giving Notre Dame's defense nightmares uh, for, for that season-ending you know, Heisman Trophy winning performance that he had where he just could not be tackled in the backfield. Um, you know, I, he's the type of guy that comes into Notre Dame and just kind of gives you nightmares. Um, so, yeah, I, I you know, I, I think Notre Dame is, you know, talent-wise more on the same playing field as, as USC as opposed to an Ohio State. Um, but I just – there's a weird – pit in my stomach about like I, I've just seen too many of these elite USC quarterbacks come in and eat Notre Dame's lunch so um, you know that's the that's the worry that I have especially with this defensive front um, because you know I don't know what Kyle McCord's going to be able to do can he get some jitters can he throw up some you know balls that Notre Dame's gonna you know make him pay for is Kayla Williams isn't going to make those mistakes so that that's what makes me worried um, you know, I'm not a huge Alex Grinch guy, so I think Notre Dame should be able to score on USC, even though they they have, you know, beefed up the defense uh, as as much as they can. I mean, look, Drew Pine <laughs> lit them up. I mean, but yeah. they just they couldn't get stops, right? So I think that has the the makings of a potential shootout uh, on that uh, on that October evening, and you know, I, I tend to think that USC will ultimately pull it out, um, but um, yeah, I. I don't. I I, I kind of have a better feeling on Ohio State for some reason, which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, I was gonna say I was getting the sense that you feel more confident yeah. about Ohio State than USC, and uh, with Caleb Williams, man, like he's just different. Um, he is unbelievably good, and something that I was thinking about is USC's first six games. They're a cakewalk. Cake. This is yep. gonna be the first time, really, all season long, uh, for Caleb that he is gonna be playing prime time all the spotlight is going to be on him certainly a guy who loves the spotlight he is going to be ready to put on a show in this game is the Notre Dame defense going to be ready for it because at that point in the season Notre Dame is already going to have to go through several big time tests obviously the Ohio State one but also Duke and Louisville so on one hand you could say maybe Notre Dame is a little bit more battle tested in that game they're going to be ready for that matchup they would have faced tougher opponents but I don't know. I think if you look at the the rosters, I think Notre Dame has more talent in totality than USC, but they don't have the best player in college football, and USC does. So I don't know. Uh, I think right now I'm 
I'm not touching that one. Yeah, um, I would pass at, at this point in time. Um, this next one is tricky. <laughs> Notre Dame is favored by now it's 11 points at home against Pitt. It was 13 and a half just a few days ago. I know Pitt hasn't been good in recent years, but as you pointed out on Twitter, they are always a pain in the ass to play in South Bend, more specifically. Yep. Not so much when Notre Dame plays at Pitt. They smoked them in 2020 and when Will Fuller was there as well. Uh, you seem to agree with this. I'm, I'm nervous about this one, and, and that line is part of the reason why. Yeah, I could see uh, Notre Dame's coming off the bye. You know, Notre Dame, I don't know what it is. It feels like, and I'm sure someone can prove me wrong, but just they 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 tend to, you know, that that Louisville game, if I remember correctly, and, and the COVID year was off a of bye. If it was like their 12 to 7 final score. I mean, they've had some of these ugly clunkers, and Pittsburgh's just that team, man, you know. And Phil Dracovic's gonna get his final shot. You know, he's obviously uh not been successful in I guess his one and a half tries. He didn't play last year, but you know, the first time well, he around he did get that Instagram post off. Yeah, he was uh, pretty excited about that when they lost 45 to nothing or whatever it was. But um, you know, they you know have another situation of a, a reuniting of Signetti with uh Dracovic there. Uh they you know had their best season together in Boston College, but yeah, it's just it's Pat Narduzzi. He's the guy that just drives me crazy uh, on so many levels. Uh, I don't know what it is. I just always want Notre Dame to annihilate Pitt, uh, but I it doesn't always reasons. happen. Look, <laughs> you know the the Will Fuller game that I mentioned on on Twitter was at twenty it was twenty fifteen, I think. Yeah, twenty fifteen. Um, when uh, Narduzzi was just such a you know thick headed and just wanted to single cover Will Fuller and Deshaun Kaiser was just throwing up lollipops to him and it was touchdown after touchdown and obviously in you know 2020 when they went there and won by 42 but i yeah i think there's a reason that game of, of the games that i posted that have been posted has moved the most uh and you know i talked to one professional better today and said he took the 13 and a half with pittsburgh so yeah i think we're kind of getting to that range anything d- double digits I, I just that game it, you if you're a notre dame fan you know what's coming i mean how many of the, you know, Tyler Palco or whoever it is, just like, how is this happening? I mean, even even the game that they won in 2012, which, you know, Pitt fans are still crying over uh, because of some calls that didn't go their way. I mean, they were a massive favorite in that game, and they, you know, were very fortunate to win in triple overtime. So that game just screams, it's going to be close. It's going to be a pain in the butt. And just hopefully they can prevail and not allow – Pat Narduzzi to pull off uh, an upset. Yeah, and and what's sort of lost in history is that game in 2008 when Notre Dame and Pitt played and it went to four overtimes. I remember that game so vividly because uh, I have a younger sister and it was one of her first times going to Notre Dame Stadium. And, and we, I, was a, I was a kid. I was only 12 at the time, so she was probably around nine. And uh, she was a great sport the whole game. It's going on. It's a terrible game for the most part. And it's going overtime, overtime, overtime. They're just kicking field goals. And then finally, right before the fourth overtime, she just had a complete meltdown in the stands. It's like, and they're going to kick a field goal, and they're going to kick a field goal, and the game's never going to end. And that is just so – it, like, just perfectly embodies the Notre Dame-Pittsburgh game. It's never fun, and a lot of times for Notre Dame, it has not turned out that well in the past. But I – I understand the concerns about the line. It is a little bit high, and there's certainly a world where Notre Dame could could sort of handle that whole game, and then they only win by ten, and then you know Pittsburgh covers. So that's sort of a stay away from me. Uh, last game line for you. We've already talked about it a little bit. 
Uh, the last I saw is Notre Dame is seven-point underdogs on the road against Clemson. I know that there's going to be some fans out there who are going to think that's ridiculous considering how Notre Dame kicked their ass last year with Drew Pine at quarterback. But the quarterback situation is a lot different at Clemson this year, too. You seem pretty high on them. Um, is it just Kate Klubnick, or is there other parts of their team that, that make you pretty nervous about that matchup? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the defensive line is probably going to be the best one that Notre Dame faces this year. Um, you know, probably the best set of linebackers that they'll face. So there's going to be a lot of challenges posed. And you just think back to the quotes that Dabo had, uh, you know, after last year's game where, you know, he basically said every facet of the game, they kicked our butt. You know, they out-physicaled us, they out-coached us, they did everything. So, you know, this is not a situation. It's going to be primetime ABC. You know, this is certainly not a situation where Clemson is going to, not that they ever would take Notre Dame lightly, um, but I, I think there's going to be extra gear ready to go. Um, you know, the offense for the most part of that game was, uh, for Clemson, that is, was just a, a disaster. And obviously it was DJ Uyungle life for the majority, except for <laughs> when Klubnik came in and threw the pick six. Uh, which was glorious uh, late in that game. So, no, Garrett Riley is going to bring a new dimension um, to that to that offense, something that they've needed for a while. I still have questions about their playmakers, but, you know, you, you, you look in the backfield and uh, they've got, you know, one of the more dynamic running backs uh, in the country, uh, certainly a guy that Notre Dame fans are still wishing that they had uh, Will Shipley uh, on the roster there. Um, so, I, you know, I think seven's getting a little rich. Um, you know, anything under a touchdown, I think, is probably fair. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I, I do think Notre Dame ultimately splits with um, with Ohio State and USC, and 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 probably loses to Clemson. And look, if this team could get to ten to ten and two, which we'll get to, I think it's a massive win, um, and I think it's massively a big growth situation uh, for for Marcus Freeman, but. This is going to be quite the challenge. If they could pull this one off on the road, boy, that would be uh, that would be quite the uh, successful vic, uh, you know, season to go on the road to Clemson and, and to pull that one off. So, you know, we will we will see how how that plays out. But I think that is a, a pretty tough spot down there in Death Valley. Uh, first time I want to say, yeah, back at Death Valley since the the monsoon game and uh, what was that, twenty fifteen? Yep. Yeah, I, I think that game, if Notre Dame is able to win that game, it, I don't care if they win by one single point, that would be so much more impressive to me than beating last year's team because even though Notre Dame oh, yeah. beat them soundly, that they just weren't as good of a Clemson team as, as we become accustomed to. So that's going to be a tough one. And uh, I, I think when it comes to Notre Dame being 10-2, this, this gets us to our last one here. Uh, the last bet we have to discuss, the most important one, Right now, Notre Dame's regular season win total is eight and a half on Fandle and and pretty much everywhere else that I've seen so far. Yeah. Um, that seems low. I think we we are both on the same page here that they could probably get to ten and two. I guess the difference is in my head, ten and two and eight and four. Like those extra two losses would be so much worse than yeah. you know just a nine and three year. No, I think nine is the right number. Um, we've seen money come in under under nine. Uh, that's why a majority of the books, as you alluded to, are at eight and a half. And, um, you know, eight and a half is, is probably right. And let me just kind of point it out this way. You know, they're an underdog in three games. So that's what it kind of boils down to is can Notre Dame, who lost to Marshall as a three-touchdown favorite and Stanford as 
I can't remember, but probably a three touchdown favorite, whatever it was, can Notre Dame avoid those losses? And I think the tricky spots are tougher this year, right? I mean, you've got a road trip to Louisville. You've got a road trip to NC State where the look-ahead line is under a touchdown. You've got a road trip to Duke, who I think will regress a little bit, but I still think well-coached team. Uh, you know, Dane Brugler had uh, their quarterback as the fourth-best quarterback, our pro prospect coming into this year. You've got the pit game that we discussed. Um, you know, I, I don't think Wake Forest is, is going to be very good this year. However, you know, you got that spot there. So, yeah, I mean, you've got some tricky landmines. So while I understand why most Notre Dame fans are hoping for 10 wins, which I absolutely want and would love it, um, the, the number's probably accurate because of the three games that they're actually an underdog in. You know, you're looking at some other win totals out there. Um, you know, look at Alabama. It's at 10 and a half or 10. They're a favorite in every single game. So they've got some close lines, but you know, they're they're a favorite in every single game. Uh Michigan, same thing. They're gonna be a favorite in every game. It's 10 and a half. So, you know, look at those, use those as examples, right? Notre Dame's already an underdog in three games, and their win total is eight and a half. Michigan's win total is 10 and a half. They're a favorite in every single game. Alabama's win total is 10 and a half. They're a favorite in every single game. So, you know, they're giving them a little even a little bit more leeway. Uh, to potentially trip up there. So, look, I, I want this team to win nine games. My, predict, my prediction is nine. But as I wrote up in the, the VEASAN guide, I I think it's more likely that it's ten, an eight eight wins than ten wins, and that's why I would lean towards the under. Um, and, and, and it boils down to this, Tyler. Marcus Freeman has not proved to us that he is Brian Kelly in the sense of they don't lose games they're supposed to win. They might not have covered all those games, but the stretch that he had to close out his tenure at Notre Dame was very impressive where when they were a favorite, they won the game. It might have been an ugly, I just looked up the 2018 game that gave me just nausea, 19-14 over Pitt, but they found ways to win it. And I think a big step in, in Marcus Freeman's tenure at Notre Dame, and that I hope comes true, is that they win every game that they're supposed to win this year, and then we'll see what happens in the other three. I don't think Notre Dame fans would be thrilled with a 9-3 and three season and losing all three big games. I get that. However, I actually think that would be a step in the right direction if they went 9-3 and three and beat everybody, and let's say they were competitive in the other three games. It wouldn't feel great. It would feel a little similar, I would think, to 2019 when they went to the Camping World Bowl. But the 2019 season to me, which finished top 15 and, you know, pummeled Iowa State and, and you know, ended just winning some big games, beating Duke, beating Navy, beating Stanford, all those teams, you know, down the stretch. I thought that was, you know, disappointing in some facets, but, you know, the Michigan game was awful. Um, but I'd say if they go nine and three, uh, I think it's a step in the right direction. It would be disappointing, I think, to most, but I think it would be a step in the right direction. Yeah, I think the points you made are all fair, and until Marcus Freeman proves that he can do it, we're all just going to sort of wait and see and hope uh, at this point. In Notre Dame's biggest matchups, they're going against Ryan Day, who's proven that he can win, Lincoln Riley, who's proven that he can win, and Dabo Sweeney, who's proven that not only can he win, he can win national championships. So, I'm a believer in Marcus Freeman. I would lean more towards 10 wins. Um, yep. And hell, you could even 
like it, it's sort of a situation where if this happens, then and this happens, then I could see Notre Dame potentially even pushing eleven and one. But in the same vein, I could also, you know, if if things happen a certain way, if maybe the connection with Sam Hartman, the wide receivers, isn't as good, then yeah, then all of a sudden you're looking at three really hard games and, and three potential losses, and then maybe they get tripped up, and then they're at eight and four. So there's a lot of variance. Uh, I think it's part of what makes this season so exciting for me is that we really don't know what's going to happen with Notre Dame. And sometimes, thinking back to like 2012, when you don't have like the highest expectations for Notre Dame. That's when they surprise you. And that's when they go on a run. Yeah, no. And and look, I, like I said, to start the podcast, I I don't want this to sound like I'm, you know, some doom and gloom Notre Dame fan. I'm not. Uh, And and the reports out of camp for the most part have energized me, you know, and and I want that. I, I am beyond thrilled that Sam Hartman is the quarterback of this football team. I mean, look, as a better um, that Notre Dame Louisville game is, is the trappiest of trap games. I mean, that is a stretch that is really, really challenging. And as a guy that has bet on Jeff Brahm a handful of time, <laughs> uh, you know, that is a spot that he thrives, right? You know, ask Ohio state, uh, about, you know, that, that game on a, a Halloween weekend when, you know, they just kept scoring and scoring and scoring. They've got a veteran quarterback and Jack Plummer who oddly enough will be making his third start against Notre Dame on his third different team, which is amazing uh, in as many years because uh, he was at Purdue, he was at Cal, and now he's at Louisville. Uh, but, you know, think about this stretch, right? You're taking on Ohio State, all this energy, all this juice. Last year they lose to Marshall the week after. I think they're going to be focused enough after the Ohio State game to try to avoid that letdown, going down to Duke and uh, and avoid that. But then you've got to find that extra gear to know we're not going to look ahead to USC. We got to beat a Louisville team who, you know, is the first year uh, of a new era. Um, I haven't looked at Louisville schedule off the top of my head, but they don't have a ton of big games. They don't play Florida State. They don't play Clemson. Their biggest game, you know, outside of Kentucky, which will be the end of the year, their rival is Notre Dame, uh, a localish team, a couple hours away, you know. Um, they're going to pack that place. You know, last time Notre Dame was there, it was kind of that, you know, not pretty game on, on Labor Day night uh, against a you know, not very good Louisville team. I think they're going to be up for it. So that is the biggest game for me. If they could figure out a way to beat Louisville, that would really be a feather in the cap, in my opinion, of Marcus Freeman telling me, okay, he can figure out ways. We know we have been, we have been, he have been shown that he is capable of getting his team's to the highest level that Clemson game may never happen in the Brian Kelly era where they go out and pummel someone like the Oklahoma game. If you go back and rewatch it a little bit, right? Such a great game, such a great moment, but they scored a late touchdown after Oklahoma went for it. I think on fourth down and, you know, made it 30 to 13 Notre Dame Clemson was pure dominance and they were buttoned up. They were ready to go. This is a game that, BK would probably find a way to win, especially late in his his tenure. So Marcus Freeman, I, I really hope the Louisville game to me is the biggest one I have circles. Like figure out a way to go on the road. It's probably going to be prime time. Figure out a way to win this game because that is going to be a juiced atmosphere with a damn good coach in Jeff Brown. 
Yeah, I think Urban Meyer still has nightmares about Jeff Brom and maybe more specifically Rondale Moore running all over his defense. But Tim, I have taken up way too much of your time. You can listen to Tim uh, every Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern on VEASAN's primetime radio show as well as their CFB betting podcast. I'd encourage you to give him a follow on Twitter as well, at 1TimMurray. Tim, I've really enjoyed having you on, man. Thanks so much for taking the time, and uh, let's do it again soon. Yeah, Tyler. Anytime, man. This is a blast. And uh, uh, believe me, I, I hope for 12-0. and 0. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. So uh, let's go Irish, and uh, hopefully we have ourselves a, a hell of a year. Five minutes before kickoff, I'm going to be thinking we're 12-0 and 0, and then Navy game. <laughs> okay, that's a wrap for part two of my conversation with Tim Murray, and that is another week of Lockdown Irish in the books. We're getting really close to the season, folks. I can feel it, and I can't tell you how excited I am to finally get things rolling. Thanks again for making this your first listening today, and before you get on with your day, this is your reminder to please subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you're listening to the pod. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Irish, follow us on Instagram at Lockdown Irish Pod, and follow my personal Twitter account at Tyler, W-O-J-C-I-A-K. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. I will see you next week.